Are you ready? Yo. It's time, time to separate the men from the boys. boys. And get down to the business of sport right here on the world famous Ginger's Perspective. Hello and welcome to MMA Uncaged right here on the Ginger's Perspective. And fight fans have had a great start to the year so far. Blessed with two UFC events so far. We had the first pay-per-view of the year. That was, of course, Holly Holm against Durandami. And then we last weekend, we saw an interesting one. Derek Lewis up against Travis Brown. And joining me, as always, the MMA authority in South Africa, Justin Ferrier. Justin, let's start off with what happened. It was Holly Holm's opportunity to bounce back and, and to basically prove that Ronda Rousey, the victory over Ronda Rousey, didn't define her. But unfortunately, she came up a rather determined, up against a rather determined Zorantami, who um, got the W on the night. Your thoughts? Uh, controversy around the fight. Um, I got up and I watched it. Um, slack refereeing. Um, although we know that uh, the what, what's come out is is that the bell indicates the end of the round, but the end of the round is governed by the clock and by the referee. So the referee has got the final call. He was a bit slow. Um, a lot of people felt that he should have deducted a point, um, which would have taken, in my opinion, well, in everyone's opinion, would have taken it to a draw, which means that the belt would have stayed vacant and then there would have been a rematch or there would have been another fight for, the, for a vacant belt. I don't think that Holly, Holly did well. I mean, she did well to absorb a lot of pressure, um, and then turned the tables and, and put pressure herself. But she was she was swinging a lot, but also missing a lot. Yeah. Um, it's just it's just a pity that uh, Darandami's most damaging shots came after the bell. I mean, she hit Holly home, and her gum guard went flying. Tell, so that wasn't nice to see because a minute is not enough to recover from no. that. Tell me what what I mean. I've never been in the in the hexagon under that pressure, and you've trained, you've fought, you've got close to to um, fighters who who've been there and fought and held belts and that sort of thing. Surely, when you hear the ten second warning, you know that that's it. And then when the, that hooter goes or the air horn goes, do you hear it, or is it a case of you so caught up that you're just still swinging? The adrenaline's pumping. Just give us an an idea of how that works. I mean, is, it, is there a possibility that Jermaine Durandami did not hear that because she was so caught up in battle? Mm, I, don't, I don't believe it. I, I believe that that was cheeky. I mean that she necessarily said in the beginning of the fight and hit the school after the belt, but she, the first time, there's argument for saying that, but the second time, not. I just, I just feel that yes. Although the rules state that a fighter must intelligently defend themselves at all times, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, we all train to the bell. So this is, and it's almost a gentleman's agreement or a gentlewoman's agreement that that's when you stop fighting. Yeah. You know, we, it, it's different when you, at the end of a fight when a referee when you fight until the referee peels you off. Um, but I mean, really, that uh, that the, the if the if the punch was in the in the if, if, if you had already started throwing the strike and the bell went off, you can't be blamed. Yeah. But if the bell sounds and then you throw, that's just bad manners. 
Yeah, not etiquette. So it's a very, it's a very grey area. The question that came out around this was not, not so much Durandami because she's just a fighter. So she's doing what she's told to do, and she is governed by a set of rules, and the rules are enforced by the referee. The question that that came up was that New York State Athletic Commission is a very young athletic commission in terms of MMA. Yes, they've been in charge of, they've had massive boxing fights for a long time, but they've only really done MMA. Bar 20 years ago in the last year. Under this unified set of rules, they're babies. Yeah. So to give the main event to somebody that's technically green is not the best move by the State Athletic Commission. You know, they, they've got they've got a wealth of guys and they've got big budgets that they can fly people around the world, from around the world. I mean, there's, there's a guy that taught, uh, that taught us here in South Africa. His name is Mark Goddard. Um, he's the head of the, he's the head of the in terms of rule set in, in, in the IMF. He's refereed main events. Uh, he does a lot of work in Europe. He's refereed main events in Las Vegas, etc. Why not fly somebody like that? Or why not get Big John McCarthy or somebody like that who's just down the road and, and fly them in to do that? And then blood the new referees on the smaller fights until they get more experience. So Jermaine Durandami has that first ever. Uh, title in in the women's division, the featherweight title. So um, yeah, we'll go on and we'll continue to debate this. But history has it that Durandami is featherweight champion of the UFC. Now, hero of yours, still hero after his fight against Derek Brunson, Justin Anderson Silva. You will always be a hero. It just frustrates me when when I when I, I don't like injustice. It's probably, if you look at it from a broad spectrum of his career, he's been robbed. So he was robbed against Bisping. So it's probably righted his career wrongs, but he did not win that fight against Brunson. He didn't win more than a round. The positives, that Anderson Silva at 42 years old is able to deflect shots and minimize potency of shots. I mean, that's amazing to watch. I mean, he's not going to get knocked out anytime again. Um, and... He's able to, when he's not buggering around, he's <laughs> able to, to not eat, like, somebody will throw it 100%, and he will make it, he will move his body in such a way that it only lands at 40%. He's amazing that he can still do that. What he said, which makes perfect sense, forget that I'm old, forget that I'm, I'm slow, my timing is perfect, and that is, that is true. Is there a thing of having too much respect for someone and allowing it to, to almost defeat you on the night before you've had that fight? I definitely think it's the, it's, the, it's the case of that, and you've got, it's the way it's the way how you embrace it. So let's look locally, for example, a guy called Drickus Duplessis, who's amazing. He posted a picture from way back when, I think it was of Martin uh, van Staden, of how when Drickus was a lighty, he wanted to he wanted to meet Martin, who's been a name for a long time. He's still a lighty. He posted a picture. <laughs> well, yeah, um, When he was much younger. Yeah. <laughs> And he was Martin was somebody he looked up to, and I'm I'm pretty sure he still looks up to him because I think everybody should. Yeah. Martin's been around a long time, and he paved the way for the guys to do well. Now you know he was one of the four uh, forefathers, if you would, if, if you will. But Drickus is a perfect example of he embraced it. He said, "Right, I'm fighting a hero. Let me give it my all. Let me give him the respect he deserves by trying to beat him, and he will do the same to me." And that's all you can expect is honesty and truth from a fighter. You never ever want to sit there and go, oh my goodness, I'm fighting my hero. Yeah. Let me watch the movie. And then you end up being letting him be the star of his movie and you're just a spectator and you lose. So there's, I think I think you must treat every opponent the same. Um, 
with enough respect, but not too much respect. You know, and we'll go to the respect thing just now because I'm, I'm pretty sure we're going to go to the Derek Lewis. Uh, we're going to we're going to touch on the Derek Lewis well, fight. Well, we might as uh, well talk about it because that happened over the weekend. But but make your point, and then we'll go straight into that fight. You know, I just think that you must you, you must afford your opponent the respect, but not too much. You must fight him like he's the last fighter, and he's the only thing standing between you and your last meal. I've, I agree with that. You don't. It's disrespectful to give them too much respect, if you will. That's not the right way to do it. You fight them to the best of your abilities. You hope that you bring out the best of their abilities, and you hope that you beat them at their best because it in turn will bring out your best. Well, let's let's talk about what happened at Halifax UFC Fight Night. It earned Fight of the Night. And it was quite strange because Travis Brown copped a lot of abuse for his performance on the night against Derek Lewis, who eventually won. Um, your, your thoughts on it, though? The, the way I saw it, I didn't think that, that Brown did, did himself any disfavors. And, and, and the way he went about it, he, he looked like he held up his end of the deal until he was rocked. I think he did very well. I think he was winning that fight. I think he went back to the, to the Travis Brown of old. Muay Thai, big leg kicks, big body kicks, staying on the outside, staying away from, from Derek Lewis's power right hand, power left hand, and he was picking him apart from the outside, not allowing him to rush. Then made the mistake of trying to do a lazy takedown and got, it got picked apart. I don't think Travis Brown deserves the abuse that he's getting for that because I think he did very well. You know, he, 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 hurt, he hurt Derek with, with, with a body kick, and you can, you can say what he wants after the fact. Um, but he was hurt from that. He said, oh, he needed to go to the toilet or whatever the case is, which is, ah, you know, I think it's just pretty classless. You know, you afford your opponent the respect um, after the fight. You can say what you want before. Um, you let your fist do the talking during, and then you show respect afterwards. That's just the way I feel. Maybe I'm a little bit different. I just think that it was it was classless of him to say that. Yeah. You know, he, he, he made reference to the domestic violence issue. And the truth of the matter is, this is that is that is the, the most serious domestic violence uh, crimes and issues. If you're a fighter, are the most serious because of the nature of your sport. Yeah. So everyone's going to point their finger and go, but you see, that's what he does. Yeah. For the UFC and the UFC have an, a, a, a very strict policy on bombing. So they bombed him and then they reinstated him when the evidence, when the truth came out, yeah. showed that he wasn't abusive. Showed that people were lying, etc., and he had an ex who was psycho, or whatever, whatever the case is. So, the, whatever he did, if he did do it or didn't do it, he'd either served his time for it and got punished, and, and or he didn't do it and he was cleared of all charges. So he was back in the UFC for Derek Lewis after the fact to make reference to that, and then in the same breath say, "Where's Where's Ronda Rousey's fine asset?" Like it's just, I don't know, man. It just, I, I went into the fight wanting Derek Lewis to win. Yeah. And after when he said that, it was not, I mean, it, he was, I, I was, it was a good win. And he did well. He fought adversity. He came back from being hurt. And then when he just said that, I felt myself going, I didn't, well, I wish he hadn't won. You know what I mean? It's, it's I, I, read, I also read an interesting article saying that Derek Lewis is not that talented. He's just hell of a strong. He's almost a one trick pony, but he's able to blast through opponents. And he's just tough enough to weather the storm of, of, of better fighters than him. Yeah. Well, I mean, Travis Brown was covering up, uh, trying to defend, and it was Lewis who was just raining down with some serious uppercuts. He was yeah, just, no con- it was just connected. No he yeah. just blasted him like a gorilla, hugely <laughs> strong. He, and he won, and that's all you need. And he, and he put him away. And then another, and another controversy. And Mario Yamasaki, who's not the first time he's done this, um, 
he called it late and, and Travis Travis was out about four shots before yeah. he was put to sleep he was so he was a little bit slow on that but no harm no foul Travis is is, is injury free etc and uh, he's alright he'll fight again alright so that that took place uh, Sunday February 19th early hours of Monday morning um, looking ahead now we've got some massive fights and there's huge speculation around the future of probably one of the greatest fights as the UFC has ever seen we speaking we spoke about Anderson Silva but George St. Pierre 25 and 2 I mean successful title defenses nine in a row at one point it was unbelievable this guy is a legend of the UFC and of the sport across the globe speculation is rife he's being lined up to fight Conor McGregor in September what do you make of that I'd love to see the fight. You know, usually I I, I would say that I, I don't like to see legends come back and I think he retired at the right time because the game changed, whatever the case is. But, you know, listening to... There's a lot of... There's a lot of... I don't know. I won't say truth, but there's a person who keeps it real and his name is Joe Rogan. And he says, most of the time, he also said that uh, that uh, Ronda could beat a man and he was wrong there. <laughs> But he, but he says that he's he's seen clips of, of, of George St. Pierre better than ever. And I'd like to believe that, but he is a little bit older, maybe a little bit wiser, but I do know this. He wouldn't have been slacking for the for the time he was off. Yeah. He would have been training and he would have been doing different training and he would have been he would have realized that he would had to stay ahead of the game. And I don't think he's I don't I don't think he needs the money. He's not a, a, a BJ Penn who's gonna come in and I need to pay this, I need to buy this, whatever yeah. the case. I think he did well with his money. I think he earned a lot of money and I think he was wise with the money. He didn't wasn't flash and bought Bentleys, etc. etc. I think he did well with his money. And I think he would only come back into it if he felt he was ready. I think it's a good fight because if Conor McGregor can win, uh, that's huge. I mean, then, then there's absolutely no doubt that he's the greatest. And, for, and the same being for GSP, if he can take all those years off, yeah. come back and beat somebody who's at the top of his game at the moment, then he would be the greatest ever. Yeah, and apparently he's even been training with Freddie Roach. Uh, Freddie Roach, uh, the legendary trainer of Manny Pacquiao, has had a hand in, in his new deal. So let's wait and see what happens. If that happens in September, it's going to be an incredible fight. I'm happy that there's... A superstar other than Connor, you know, it's 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 nice to. I mean, I get up and I'll watch two pigeons fight. I mean, that's just who I am. <laughs> but it's nice to have a have a conversation point, and I feel that that it's only really been around Connor and Ronda in the last eighteen months or so. Nobody else is going cheapest guys. Are you getting up for that fight or whatever the case is? And I think when GSP comes back, even if he doesn't fight Connor, I think people are going to say, right, let's get up and watch this guy, and it'll be a talking point for non-fighting people. All right, before we run out of time, let's discuss EFC 57 at Carnival City in less than two weeks' time, the first extreme fighting championship of the year. And with the new SABC deal where it shows two hours every Saturday and from 9 p.m. you can catch that event live. Also, I believe there's going to be radio crossings across the SABC radio station. So it really is great for the sport of MMA and for the EFC. But quite interesting, we were speaking about Martin van Staden a pioneer, a legend of MMA in South Africa. Christian Holly is his opponent, and it's coming together, this fight card. At one point, it looked like it was faltering a little bit with the injuries to Kazimula Zulu Boy, um, you know, a few other things. But I think Van Staden against Christian Holly could be a rather interesting fight. What do we know about the Englishman? No, I didn't know much about him, and then I started, I started uh, looking him up. And he's no slouch. He's... 
he fought and lost to Roger Hurta at 1FC. So let's just look at where he fought. He fought at, at, at 1FC, which is a big organization. He's then fought at M1. M1 Global is Fedor's old managing uh, company. That's where he used to fight for. That's right. Um, he, he, he is on a three-fight loss uh, streak at the moment. But before he lost to Roger Hurta, he beat Artem Lobo, who's Conor McGregor's stable companion. So he's got some he's got some street cred. So he's no slouch. And and he's very, very good at jiu-jitsu. I think his hands let him down a bit from the footage that I've seen. It's a very, very winnable fight for, for Martin. Um I do think that this guy will pick him at the post in terms of groundwork, but the fight starts standing and Martin has got a devastating set of hands. There's no doubt about that. EFC fifty seven, fourth of March, Carnival City. It will be live on television. Uh, I know Queso Sports also have it on their website. You can watch it on SABC 3 from 9pm. So you don't have any excuse to miss the Extreme Fighting Championship. Justin will be there. I'll also be there. So can't wait for the first event of the year. Justin, thanks very much for your time. Remember to catch the podcast on iTunes under the Ginger's Perspective, cliffcentral.com, and on the new and improved csduplicy.co.za. Justin, thanks very much. We'll catch up again to preview UFC 209, which is going to be crazy, and EFC 57.